the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. Thank you for doing that. Hope you're enjoying your day. Forecast uh, kind of cloudy, a little sun, the balance of the afternoon, 65 the high, 46 the low night. Tomorrow, a mix of clouds and sun, beautiful day, and a high of 74. Yeah, let's see, uh, the uh, Flyers losing one zip to the Islanders in overtime last night. Tough loss for them. They're off till Thursday when they're at the Rangers. Sixers are home tonight against Golden State at 7.30. And the Phillies with a nice win yesterday, 2-0 over St. Louis. Aaron Nola with a complete game shutout. Nine innings pitched, just a couple of hits, no walks, and uh, 10 strikeouts. Gets him his first win on the year. Asked afterwards on a Zoom call if he hears sometimes the whispers that he's maybe not a true ace. Although I don't know how you can say that, but some have said that. Does he hear that? Does it affect him as he pitches? For sure I hear it. No, no, it does not bother me. I'm going to go out and pitch my game. And when I go pitch for the team, I'm going to try to go as long as possible. Try to get my pitch count as high as possible uh, until they take me out. But that's what, I, that's what I always tried to do since I came up. Um, I, I think I can speak for all our starters, too. Uh, we want to go as long as possible to take stress off the bullpen so they don't have to pitch much and so they can stay fresh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I trained uh, how I train. I always believe I want to pitch a complete game. Obviously, it hasn't happened since today. But uh, I think that's that's my mentality every time I go out. I think the longer I go, the longer we go as starters, the better better position we are to win. And I think that's, that's very that's important. Philly starting pitcher Aaron Nola. They'll try and get back uh, another game. In the div- they actually moving up the division now. There's a game out of first place on this young season behind the Mets. They started there, sunk down. Now they're on their way back up, they hope. Uh, they're home tonight against San Francisco. Gabe Kapler, former Phillies manager, back in town. 7.05 start tonight. Victoria, how was your weekend? How you doing? Doing well. I was busy. Uh, spent some time with family and uh, was productive. Productive? So, yes. We Didn't can go out or anything too much. Just uh, hung around and got some things done. That feels good. That's a nice thing. What kind of productive? Like odds and ends, errands, yard work, all the above? Uh, yes, that. And also spending time with a family member who's not doing too well uh, okay. health-wise. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of that. And it was nice outside, so I got out and enjoyed some of the weather. That's nice. Yeah. Very good. How very, about you? Very good. Uh, some of what you said. I was at my computer most of Saturday. Working on getting caught up on things from the past. And then yesterday, did a little church action online and nice. took Moose to the dog park where he ran around like a maniac. With <laughs> it was all a the other day do- to be at the dog park. <laughs> it just gives me such joy to see him hustling around with no particular purpose. He's just running, running. He's almost flying through the air sometimes. And they're all, it's like when you play when you're a little kid, like tag and recess or something, you're running around. It's dogs just running around each other. They just met and they're just chasing each other. So dogs are always happy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had one of them who actually, we brought these dog treats, these beef and cheddar dog treats. Moose doesn't actually like them. We're like, oh, we spent this money on We got two bags of them, too. Well, there's a, another Labradoodle who comes along. My wife gives him one, and, and then, or her one. This dog is three-year-old. And she, then she wouldn't leave us alone. She's like, uh, oh, you're, I like you guys. I just met you. You got food for me. She literally followed me around, and her nose was almost physically in my pocket. Because Maybe she her was, owners don't give her nice treats her, often. Her owner was laughing the whole time. I was like, all right, this is fun for a while. You can take her back now. So, But, yeah, you're right. It was a beautiful day. I love being out and an opportunity to rest and relax and uh, and have some family time. So uh, today on our broadcast, we're looking forward to having, last week we had five contestants from The Voice, which is in its 20th season, 10th anniversary year. And today's our last round of some of those conversations with folks who are still in the competition. We're going to get to four different contestants today who are still uh, still alive in that competition and we're looking forward to hearing their stories. That's coming up in just a moment. You listen to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 4.09 on The Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. There have been a lot of uh, reality shows over the years and various genres and certainly in the talent world musically or otherwise the voice has stood out it has uh, received nine straight emmy nominations for outstanding reality competition program won four of those times it's in its 10th anniversary year and uh, airs on mondays and tuesdays depending on the week the simple storyline behind it season 20 going on they have a bunch of auditions and casting calls and places where people can try to qualify for the show. And that happens all over the country and in different ways. And in fact, with last year with coronavirus and things, a lot of this took place online. So once you get to a certain point, the first time you'll see someone on TV, you'll see a blind audition, as it's known, and a contestant will go on stage. There are four judges who have their back to the contestant. And... Uh, the contestant sings a song that they've prepared, and their goal is to get at least one of the four judges to turn around, and uh, the more the merrier, but at least one. If they don't get one judge to turn around, then they're done. They go home, nice try, thank you for coming. Sometimes two judges turn, or three, or four, and when that happens, those judges compete uh, and try to get the contestant to say, uh, you know, join my team, because each of the four judges is building a team. And then in the end, they whittle it down all the way to one champion at the very end. So the blind auditions, that that picture, just to give you, if you're the contestant, you're on stage, and you're looking at the backs of four chairs. Those judges, Kelly Clarkson, John Legend, Nick Jonas of Jonas Brothers, and country star Blake Shelton. If you um, are picked for someone's team, then you move on, and eventually you're in something called the battle round, where a coach actually takes two of his own teammates and has them sing a song together. At the end of the song, one of them actually winds up having to go home. Uh, and there are a couple other nuances to the whole thing, the way the voice works with regard to um, you can save somebody and you can also steal somebody. But generally what I just described is how things work. And then they have something called knockouts, and that will be a little bit later on. But for now, 
we've kind of caught up to their, I think they're wrapped up now with the battle rounds. And today the folks we'll be talking to are people who are on the, uh, the battle round level, if you will. They did blind auditions first to hopefully get chosen by any of the four judges and, and coach slash coaches, and then moved on to what's known as the battle round. And so our first guest is um, just turned 16. She was 15, I believe, when the competition started. Her name is Rachel Mack. Let me give you just a little sample of the song she sang for that blind audition where she had all the judges' backs to her. It's called the Let Him Fly. Rachel Mack on Team Nick, Nick Jonas, and uh, that was her blind audition. Rachel, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for taking time to chat today. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Congratulations on your success thus far. I'm guessing you're having a blast. Yes, absolutely. It's been so crazy, but so surreal, and I'm happy to be here. What uh, What led you to giving... Um, you know, a try as far as getting on The Voice. and uh, Anybody in particular suggest it to you, or did it secure to you on your own? Yeah, so I've always loved The Voice growing up. That was always my favorite show. Um, and I had a friend just mention it to me in passing that they were holding virtual auditions because of the pandemic this year. And I just kind of thought, um, I've always wanted to audition for the show or any show. I just never got around to it. And I was like, you know, there's, absolutely nothing going on this year obviously and so there's no better time to at least give it a shot and so i did and it kind of fell into place from there the blind audition kelly clarkson john legend nick jonas blake shelton they have their backs to you what do you remember about the moment you stepped on stage about to start um i don't really remember the beginning it's kind of so um it's a blur but i i remember looking at the band and um Paying my respects to them, and then the music just started, and then next thing I knew, Nick turned around, and then it was a blur from there also. (laughs) (laughs) So not necessarily a particular strategy just to stay focused on the song, or I'm guessing because it could be easily distracting to think about all the different elements in play, and in the end you just want to execute the song well, right? So I'd say my strategy was to not pass out. (laughs) I was really focused on that. (laughs) <laughs> well, you succeeded, I'm glad. And when Nick turned around, I'm guessing that takes pressure off. And um, and then when the rest of the judges turned, it was just kind of a fun moment when Blake turned around, of course, uh, to see your reaction. Almost almost as though you didn't know he was there. Like, oh, wait, Blake Shelton is in the house, is he not? So we're talking, share about that fun moment. And yeah. Thing, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Well, and as far as the presentation, too, that was kind of neat up on the screen. Did you know the voice was going to maybe do that? Um, no, it was, that was crazy, but very fun, you know, embarrassing in a good way. Like, I'm glad that happened. I'm glad I got to share that piece of me. It was kind of funny. People got to see the real me, um, kind of goofy, made people laugh. So, yeah. Well, it seemed like a very natural, very natural exchange with the, with the judges. Uh, and your dad was also shown 
occasionally during your performance. I'm guessing you've seen the video. I think that's your dad. If you could share about him, just what he means to you and his support along the way. Yeah, um, my dad raised me and my sisters, and we have all always sung together, me and my sisters and him. He um, led worship in my church, and so uh, we kind of got that from him. And so when I told him I wanted to audition, he was um, he supported me, and now we're here and experiencing this together. I love that. That's great. Uh, folks, just tuning in, we're chatting with Rachel Mack on the Tim DeMoss Show. Rachel, on the 10th anniversary of The Voice, the season, uh, season 20 on Team Nick. Uh, the Battle Round with Bradley Sinclair, both from Michigan, right? So that was a kind of a neat twist, uh, if I had my facts straight. Yeah. So, representing. We, out, we were like, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, and the two of you did Elton John's Your Song, which is a great song in its own right. And then you performed so well, all four judges stood up. And applauded, and you used the word surreal at the beginning of our conversation. I'm thinking that had to be really surreal to see all four judges on their feet applauding you. Yeah, I was really looking forward to watching it back because it was really fast. You know, sometimes it's a slow rise, but they pretty much jumped up, and so they always tell you um, after you're done singing, you know, take a deep breath. So we finished singing. I think both Bradley and I kind of took a deep breath, and then as soon as we opened our eyes, they were already all standing. We were like, what? <laughs> you know, when you when you practice so much, you, you know it's good, but you never think it's that good. So it was a shocker. <laughs> well, you know, as I'm watching, I'm thinking um, you're seeing some of the judges looking over at your coach, Nick, kind of like, hey, man, you did a good job with these two. Uh, talk about Nick as a coach, if you would, and some of the things he taught you, taught you along the way. Nick is an amazing coach. He's very humble and very down-to-earth. Um, he's he gets on your level and just teaches you from where you're at. And he's helped me with so much. He has both Bradley and I as a partnership. I mean, obviously, in his career, he's done. He's been in a trio his whole life, so he really knows about working with others and singing with others. And so he really helped us as a partnership in singing this beautiful duet. And then also on an individual basis um, and vocally individually, and helped each of us really have a shot at winning the, the battle. Yeah, that's a dynamic that always fascinates me because you're working together with someone and you know one of the two of you probably won't proceed unless someone steals you or saves you, whatever it may be. Uh, so, Did he talk about that dynamic a little bit? Like the, the need to say, look, you do need to sound well together. Don't think that just shining on your own will, will get it done, that you really have to make this work well uh, you know, for, you, for one of you to really succeed. Mm, that was Bradley and I's intention from the very beginning. We said that, you know, this is this is a duet. This isn't a battle. We don't want to ruin the integrity of this beautiful song. Um, it's already a classic, and so that was our intention from the beginning: is to just really highlight um, the beauty of it and not outshine each other, but work together to make it um, better. I understand uh, part of your life away from the voice. You were mentioning a little bit there about your dad leading worship. Have you done that with your youth group? I have a daughter who's seventeen and. Her older brothers also before her did the same, sometimes in youth group itself, and occasionally the youth band would help lead the whole church. What's your experience been? Yeah, I sing worship for the whole church, and then also I lead worship for my youth band. And, well, it's not really a band. I guess you could say I'm a one-man band. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but, yeah, that's kind of where I got my, my gut to be on stage and everything. Do you primarily uh, sing, or do you dabble in an instrument? Because I think you also are in marching band. Do you do you touch on instruments at all? Or yeah, I like to sing. 
say that I play a boatload of instruments, but I don't play all of them well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I play guitar, you know, um, I play clarinet, you know, ukulele, a bunch of random things, but I don't necessarily play them all masterfully. <laughs> That's fun. My daughter was playing ukulele in her room last night. I, you know, I don't, and I wasn't sure which daughter, actually. It was just, music was coming from upstairs. It's fun to grow up in a house like that. Did you guys have a lot of music growing up? Oh, yeah. It was just always around. Both of my sisters are a bit older than me. So they were both belting, and that's where I learned to just sing out from <laughs> hearing them. <laughs> that's great. Uh, Rachel, the other thing, too, uh, speaking of which, you're involved in theater some? Is that right? Yeah, I am. As, as far as plays or musicals? or I'm guessing a theater background would also help with everything you're doing with the voice. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I was a freshman last year, so that yeah. was really my first year in like my school's musical theater, but then because of the pandemic, we were actually our show was canceled and so technically I'm not like this expert in musical theater, but I got the lead, so I mean, I do love it and it's definitely fun for me. That's great. Well, and, and along those lines, maybe just a kind of a quick last note. Um, the experience with the voice, you know, you think, well, it's called the voice. So you think about singing, but then there's a lot more to it, including, and the judges will talk about this, the, you know, the, the performance side of it or how you present yourself on stage. Any aspect of the voice that's surprised you one way or the other about what you thought it might be about and how it's turned out to be so far? Well, I don't know if I necessarily thought this. I've always believed in the integrity of the show, but I know some people may think that all oh, these things are set up, you know, they know who they're going to pick. It's very, very real and very spur of the moment. Um, and it's almost difficult, you know, for the artist, how, how real it is. Um, and, yeah, just, just know that, that it's all real and that we're, we're going through the motions and trying our best to make a good performance for the coaches and for the world. That sounds great. Rachel, it's wonderful talking to you. Thank you for taking time with us today, and God bless you and the... Hopefully, we'll talk to you again down the road. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Have a great day. Bye. Bye-bye. That's Rachel Mack, Team Nick. Season 20, 10th anniversary of The Voice on our program. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. We'll bring on another special guest in just a moment. Listen to AM560, WFIL.com on the WFIL app. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. his blind audition on The Voice. Victor, how are you? Hello, Tim. I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for time, uh, taking time to chat today. Congratulations on your run so far. Must be having a blast. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited, <laughs> man. Thank you. What, what led you to giving uh, the, the Voice a try in the first place? Anybody in particular suggested to you, or was it on your radar? You liked the show growing up or anything like that? Yeah, so actually, um, a couple of years ago, um, you know, I was in school and I was in the administration office and one of um, the workers, um, her name is Daphne Rogers, she was just like, you know, 
you need to go on The Voice. Like, when are you going on The Voice? And she kept asking me about it. And, you know, she made, um, she kind of, like, helped me go at the time. That was, you know, when it was, when they were um, having auditions in New York. And I went, and then, obviously, I didn't make it. And then I tried out again, and we are here where we are today. So, yes. <laughs> it's a great point, Victor, because, uh, and I like to sometimes just ask questions that anybody who doesn't even watch the show, for example, could still learn from it, that, like the perseverance that was involved for you to try it didn't didn't work out the first time, but then it did the next yeah. time, right? So Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, what do you remember when it, with the blind audition um, with you know Kelly, John, Nick, and Blake, when you start to step on stage, you're getting ready to perform. I always think it's interesting to think what's going through a contestant's mind as it's, it's getting real at that point. What were you thinking? What were you feeling? That, that moment was incredible. Um, you know, just walking out the door and then seeing the back of the chairs, the side of their faces, it was like, wow, I'm really here. And, you know, um, once I got on stage, you know, I've sung Glory so many times, um, yet I was still just a little bit nervous. But, you know, once it got down to the last second, right before my, my music started, you know, I took a deep breath and I kind of turned on that performance mode and I just knew I had to go out there and give it all I had. So, hmm. yeah. Did you have a particular strategy or anything like uh, where to look or not look and things like that? Um, I would say it was a strategy, but I would definitely say that I, I looked at the audience, the, the virtual audience, you know, more. And, you know, I definitely tried to stay away from looking at the coaches, especially once they turned around, <laughs> um, because I didn't want to, you know, get distracted or, you know, lose track of where I was in the song and things like that. But, yeah, definitely looking above their heads was, was the goal for me. <laughs> so Blake turns, then, which I, maybe was a bit of a surprise that he's the first one to turn, or maybe not. Um, John, then John, then Nick, yeah. right? What were, what were your thoughts yeah. as that unfolded? That that was like, that was, I think, the most unexpected part of the, of the, um, of the blind audition um, while singing. You know, I was singing and I was, Obviously, I don't know if you remember, but he kind of turned pretty early. Yes. And I was looking up. I was like, like I said, I was looking up at the virtual audience, thinking to them, and I just see them all of a sudden start clapping. You know, like like just clapping, just clapping. And I look down and I see Blake Shelton staring at me, and I'm <laughs> like, oh, he turned because you know it's it's different when you're actually out there on stage, and for him to be the first one to turn, and and not just be the first one, but um. The, the time that he turned in as well, it was it was very unexpected, but I'm appreciative and I'm, and I'm definitely grateful for it. It's incredible. Folks tuning in, Victor Solomon's our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show. 10th anniversary of The Voice, season 20. And uh, in that round, it was interesting because, so you had three of the judges turn. Blake referenced a guest we had on the show, I guess a year or two ago, when he won Todd Tillman, who was also a, grew up in the church. I think he's a pastor or leads worship or something in his church. Um and Nick, who's a pastor's kid, um, and talked about that. And then John, of course, you're singing a song by John, and he'd never turn for someone who did his song before. Like, that's a lot to process. <laughs> How much time do you have to really think through all that stuff? Yeah, it w- I was up there for a good minute, actually. And, you know, um, I, I, I kind of knew, obviously, going in who I already wanted to pick. But, you know, believe it or not, you know, Nick's words were really starting to get to I think if we had a little bit more time, Nick may have really, I wouldn't say we, he would have won me over, but he, he definitely had a good chance. Um, I, I appreciated the, what he was saying. 
one of the fun things, Victor, that uh, also came out of that, obviously, John grabbing a mic and singing the song that you sung to win a, a talent competition, I think, in eighth grade. Uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> what was that like? And were you afraid to forget the lyrics? Because it was kind of an impromptu back and forth. And I'd be, I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, obviously, you know, there was more uh, to that than what you all saw. And, um, you know, we, we, we sang the verse. And I actually, you know, like 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 I said, I've been singing that song. I've sung that song a million times as well. Um, I wasn't nervous about forgetting the words, but I think at one moment I thought I forgot the words, but I did it. And, you know, it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was that was that your mom on screen who was uh, they were showing during the performance? Yes, ma'am. I mean, yes, sir. That's my mother. Yep. Yeah, she. I'm guessing you've seen the video of her excitement. Maybe you know, talk about your mom. Um, you know, and her her support, what she means to you? Yeah, of course. You know, my mother, she's always been there, um, always supported me, you know, in, in everything I do. Um, she always encourages me to keep God first and, you know, and everything else will fall in line. So, you know, that's what I'm doing. And, you know, she's here. She's seeing it happen. She, she, she has seen, literally she's seen the beginning of it, and she is now seeing, you know, where it has gotten me. Um, singing around the house, you know, annoying everyone in the house, singing in the shower, <laughs> screaming to the top of my lungs, <laughs> you know. So now she's, she's I'm, I know she's saying, like, it's paying off. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's funny you say that, Victor. I was sitting on the couch with my wife yesterday, and we're trying to have a conversation, and our, our 17-year-old and 10-year-old daughters are upstairs <laughs> singing um, Pretty Young Thing by Michael Jackson at the top of their lungs. And, um, yes. <laughs> and my wife and I are like, should we stop them or not? No, they're having fun, but we couldn't have our conversation. So you have to give up. If you're a parent, you've got to sacrifice for the kids. <laughs> so Right, at that moment. <laughs> that's yes, sir. Yes, sir. For the greater good. So they don't feel, it's funny that when I talk to folks who are on the, on the voice, it comes up more often than not, the freedom to sing around the house and to not be shut down yes. or by parents or by everybody else, just to be able to be yourself and, and really belt it out. That's kind of a neat story. Yes. So it's, 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 the, it's one of the greatest feelings ever being at home. So yeah, how have you grown, Victor, during your time with the Voice? Would you say? In the, how long you have know, you been with it? I'm, by the way, how long has the process I'm been? Like, how I should maybe preface that by how long is the process? People see the show in a, a small, in its distilled form, but how much? You know, how long have you been working with the Voice and, and being worked with? That's a backdrop. You know, from the beginning, yeah, from the beginning of my audition, has been a very long time. Um, I auditioned back in May. And, um, you know, just going through interviews and, you know, next rounds and things like that. And okay. continuing to do the videos. Um, it's been a while, but, you know, working with the show, is, is, it's been a great opportunity, a great experience. Um, I'm excited for my future on the show as well. Um, you know, you know the, the show has you know, really allowed me to grow in some areas that I did not expect. Um, especially, you know, seeing R&B, you know, Usher, You Got It Bad um, on the Battle episode um, last week. Right. Um, you know, it has really expanded my horizon because, who, like me, like seeing R&B, you know, I never thought that that would happen, um, especially on this show. And then to actually win the battle, you know, is, is incredible. And it just shows that, you know, I'm in the right place at the right time. Last question, too. I mean, just to wrapping up, you're a senior, right, in college. You're wrapping up your time and you're mister of your university. Just share what that's about for a yes, moment. Sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, this is the final stretch for me. Um, I do have one more semester left. And it is my senior year. I do serve as the official male representative of my university, North Carolina A&T State University. And, um, you know, I'm just 
my job and duty to implement community service and to, you know, serve my campus community and the surrounding community as well. That's great. Victor, it's great to make your acquaintance, and God bless you and your family, and we're excited for you. Have a great rest of your run there. Thank you so much. You have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That's Victor Solomon, who's one of the current contestants on the 10th anniversary of The Voice, season 20. Love quick break. Bring in a couple more contestants, one at a time. We're still alive in the competition. Beautiful rest of the afternoon. Eventually down to a low of 46 tonight. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow. High 74. Wow. Phillies won two zip yesterday, by the way. Aaron Nola, a nine hit, uh, nine inning, I should say. Complete game shutout. Struck out 10. Got his first win on the year. Bryce uh, Harper had a homer and a couple other hits. They're home tonight against San Francisco and uh, Gabe Kapler, former Phillies manager in town. Sixers home tonight against Golden State. Flyers are off till Thursday at the Rangers. They lost 1-0 in overtime to the Islanders last night. More coming up in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 436 in the Tim DeMoss Show. Keeping things rolling. She is only 17 years old. Her name is Carolina Rial, and she'll join us here in a second. But let's give you a little quick sample of uh, the song she used for her blind audition to compete on The Voice. This is a song called Stay With Me. Stay with me, cause you're all I need. Oh, this ain't love, it's clear to see, but darling, stay Carolyn Rial. And, uh, yeah, season 20 of The Voice, 10th anniversary. How are you, Carolina? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. You know, your hometown's not too far from us, about an hour and a half north of where yeah. we're located. Yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's nice to have a local angle to our conversation. Congratulations on your uh, time to, uh, on your on your run so far. You enjoying your ride, the ride? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Talk about your path if you would a little bit to the voice as far as what what led you to giving it a shot in the first place. And, and if somebody suggested to you or you're a fan of the show or I have always been like the biggest voice fan. Like you name a season and I will never think about it. So <laughs> Um, it's always definitely been something that I wanted to do, but I always grew up being very shy, so I didn't want anybody to really hear me singing. Hmm. Um, but when I was 14, I started opening up, and then now by the time I'm 17, I decided to give it a shot, and thankfully, everything went well. <laughs> Has it been um, a lot different, or I mean, everything's, you know, you can see it from afar, and then experiencing it's another thing. Just out of curiosity, has there been anything that was very much like you thought it was going to be, and, and something that... You didn't expect it to be about the process or whatever it might be? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely um, some things were expected and some things weren't because just a lot of things that happen behind the scenes are so incredible to see how the show comes together and how how connected the contestants are. Um, So it's been, it's really, it's a great experience. And now being able to watch it back on TV, I think that's, an even better experience because you're able to see how everything comes together because once you're on stage performing, it's completely different than when you look back at it. I bet. I bet. Well, in the blind audition, first things first, Kelly, John, Nick, and Blake, um, what do you remember 
about that first moment getting out on stage, about to perform, and you know, all four judges are, are you know, their backs are to you by design, of course. What's going through your mind? Mm-hmm. Well, this is actually funny because I get this question a lot, and every single time, I just say I don't really remember anything. Like the whole blind audition process is in my memory, but then once you step on that stage, it's a blur. And a lot of contestants actually say this as well because this is the moment that that you've been waiting for, and then now when it gets here, it feels like you're dreaming, literally. But I will say the one thing that I do remember so clearly is stepping on that stage and seeing the four backs of the chairs, and then the other thing I remember clearly is John and Nick turning around. And then I just remember saying, you got to keep on going. <laughs> Don't stop singing. Yes, I can imagine the whole thing has got to be, you're trying to process, but you're trying to do your job, so to speak, and do well at it. Uh, um, <laughs> Folks, just tuning in, Carolina, Carolina Real is our guest. He's on 10th anniversary of The Voice, of season 20. And um, you mentioned John and Nick turning around. Um, and then, of course, you mentioned um, your – well, your mom and – I guess it was it your siblings they also show on the screen? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my siblings and, and my best friend. Okay. What was that like? Have you had a chance to see the video? I'm guessing you have. I did, yeah. Yeah. What does that What does that mean to you when you see the excitement and, the, you know – Everybody gets where they're going, hopefully with some support along the way. And uh, just what it's like to have a family that's that's supporting you in this in this journey. Um, having my family here means everything. And I, I honestly wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without them and without any support in general because this experience is so overwhelming and it's a lot to do, especially at 17. But to have my family there and to have my mom here, of course, has been incredible to be able to I actually didn't see them on screen in the studio when we were filming so to be able to look back at it now and see their reactions was, it was really really cool and it's just really incredible to have a family that supports you during the battle round John uh, legend gives the comment so you choose John he he said your range is stupid in a fun way obviously he's the sober <laughs> right he's very respect <laughs> respectful of it it just led me thinking if you could take a minute and share about that gift that you have, your voice, and you know how much is natural and how much you have to really work at it to hone, you know, hone the different aspects of how you, how it's used. Yeah, so I I actually didn't really I didn't take vocal lessons growing up, so a lot of how I taught myself was I would watch videos, pause it, and then try to copy and then do this do it over and over again. It probably was not the best the best for my vocal health, but that's ultimately what shaped me into the singer I am today. And I've always really looked up to big, timeless vocalists like Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Alicia Franklin, Alicia Keys. So to be able to be on the show now and and try to hone all that in and put it into like a Sam Smith classic was really was really great. And then um, having somebody like John Legend compliment my range, I think that that is one of the biggest moments in my life be able to look back and say, wow, he actually notices that and appreciates that. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I think it's neat, too, because you're, if I'm hearing you, you, you know, you were you were teaching yourself, um, and the world has changed mm-hmm. a lot in the last you know, number of years where you can watch videos and learn. doesn't mean you can actually, you're going to succeed at it to, to a point. But it's kind of neat to think that um, even without official training, at least for a while, that, that that's something that a person could accomplish, you know, but that, to, to yeah. not be afraid, right? Absolutely. Anything is possible. If you put your heart and mind to it, anything is possible. And I know that a lot of people say that, but since I was younger, I had a really big interest and passion for music, and I didn't let anything stop me. 
That's great. Uh, Carolina, you know, um, so you had the battle round with Rio. Both did really well. Um, he winds up choosing her, and then right, you're walking off the stage. You have your chance to say your last thank you, so to speak, right after mm-hmm. all the judges had complimented you know, complimented you both, a little constructive criticism here or there, but it, it felt like both of you did really great in that battle round. What were you thinking? Thank as you. You, yeah, and as you're about to walk off, say your final goodbye, and then John hits his save button. What's, what's that like for you? It's, the surreal word probably comes to mind. <laughs> I mean... When I was walking off, I really did think I was going home. I, I did think I was going home after Rio won, um, I, just because the song was so much in her lane, and and I was really nervous to see what was going to happen. But then when he when he picked her, I I knew that it was game over for me. <laughs> so after saying my goodbyes and everything, and then stepping off that stage, there was like this little hope in me that maybe he was going to save me, and then he hit that button, and and my mind just went blank. Like, I wasn't going home yet. It, it wasn't the end of the road for me yet, and that's how it was always meant to be. So I'm so thankful for that, and I'm so thankful to John for using his only save on me and for putting me into that four-way knockout. You know, and as I understand, Carolina, you're you're on The Voice in part to honor your father and grandmother. Maybe we could share about that if you want. I think being saved would have been that much more meaningful because it's not just about you being on the show. Absolutely. My father I lost when I was three, and then my grandmother I lost when I was 15, and my grandmother actually raised me as like a second parent. My dad was never around. Um, but doing this now, I don't do this anymore for just myself. I do this for my family, my my friends, and everybody who supported me, everybody who knows my story and knows what I've been through. Um, and I know that I'm only 17, but I don't do this for myself anymore. I do this for everybody else. It's very mature, Carolina, and it's exciting to see, regardless of how things go, you've already succeeded, I'm sure, in honoring their memory and uh, and just enjoying that process with your family. What a blessing to have that opportunity. So, Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for taking time today, Carolina. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's local gal Carolina Real from Ridgefield, New Jersey, just 17 years old, current contestant on The Voice. She actually lost in the battle round. We're talking about there, but her coach, John Legend, Use his one save right away and put her right back on the team. Pretty cool story. Pretty amazing story. We'll have one more amazing story coming up in just a moment as we continue our little special today. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, WFIL app. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It's 446 in the Tim DeMoss Show. The voice has been around for... 10 years, 20 seasons worth of shows. They've won a bunch of Emmys. And uh, they have something where they, they start off with general, you know, tryouts, if you will. Then the first time you really see them on stage, the blind auditions, where you'll have a contestant on stage. The four judges, Kelly Clarkson, John Legend, Nick Jonas, and Blake Shelton, have their backs to the contestant. And during their song, at least one of the judges needs to turn around and show an interest. If not, the contestant goes home. If more than one judge does turn around, then they compete to get that contestant to join their team. Each of the four judges over time builds a team up, and then eventually there's a competition to whittle it down to just one champ at the very, very end. The current season is at the uh, battle round stage, wrapping that up. That's where a coach takes two of his or her own members and puts them in a duet. At the end of the duet, one of them has to go home. This is the blind audition. This is a little sample of our final contestant. Her name is Anna Grace. And here's a little bit of uh, uh, her performance. I, I'm in 
Her name is Anna Grace. Anna, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm wonderful. I have a daughter, Tessa Grace, who is almost your age, and she sings a lot around the house. (laughs) (laughs) So congratulations on your run so far. Having a great time? Yeah. That was really great. Share for a minute, if you would, just about your path to The Voice in terms of giving it a shot in in the first place. Anybody in particular give you encouragement to try or or what? what, Um, Yeah. I kind of started out singing in um, church, so when I was like about 17, um, I joined the worship team at my church and kind of from there realized that music was something that I really, really wanted to do, and um, I auditioned for The Voice for the first time in like 2019, Um, and from there I auditioned a few more times, um, made it pretty far in the process, but never to the blind auditions, and then... During quarantine last year, um, I sang on The Voice Casting's live stream on Instagram, and from there, they asked me to submit some videos. Um, I kind of thought nothing of it, Um, and then, like, four months later, they called me and were like, hey, uh, we want you to come out to L.A. for the blind auditions, and I kind of was like, what? And so, about a month later, I flew out to California and, um, you know, started the process to get to the blind auditions. Um, I've had a lot of encouragement from my friends, my family. Um, You know, everyone's been super supportive, so that's been great. I love that story because it also just paints a picture of perseverance and not letting something not work the first time or second or third time even deter you. And and, uh, that's great. That's great. Well, and then that blind audition, um, you know, I'm thinking, I guess you had... John Kelly and Nick go bam, 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 right down the line real quick. Yeah. Um, and then right before the end, Blake hits the button. Just what was your yep. what was your experience that from stepping on stage to the end where, where you know, I don't know if three judges was enough or if you're like, I want all four. Or, you know, the whole thought process from, you know, from when you first stepped out, maybe nervous versus having a strategy or, or even who you're singing for because there are different backgrounds than the judges. If there's a strategy to think about, let me just try and, do one way to make sure that I, I get one person to turn. Right, yeah. So um, I actually had never sang on, like, a stage besides my church stage. So um, yeah. I went into it pretty nervous. Um, just wanted to get through the song without messing up, basically. And, um, That's you know, a good I, goal. Was, <laughs> I went into it. Yeah, I went into it just being like, you know, if I get a chair turn, like, that's really cool. But this experience has just been great either way. And, you know, when I saw all three of them turn around, I kind of was like, okay, don't stop singing, don't stop singing, um, keep going. And I didn't care how many turned around. So, I mean, to have four is crazy. And just, I could have never, ever imagined that happening. Um, But when three of them turned around, I was like, oh, my gosh, I did it. And I kind of was like, okay, just finish the song. Um, You know, I was thinking, like, oh, my gosh, is Blake going to turn around? And then when he did... It was even more just like, okay, you're almost done. Keep keep going. Finish the song, and then you can freak out afterwards. Um, yeah. And I definitely kind of blacked out after the, the three of them turned around because I just went into like autopilot mode, I think. And um, it was definitely a surreal experience for sure. Blake was, I guess, the cherry on the Sunday, and it was kind of fun. To see you, right? You had almost like a broke character, so to speak, because you're like, I think you smiled big, put your hand over your mouth, like, 
wow, I'm done. And look at all you people looking at all the judges looking at me. So it was kind of fun, just an everyday moment to see. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you wind up going with Kelly and it was interesting because, um, she started coaching you right away, so to speak, and just kind of wedging her way right in there. Um, had you thought about choosing her, even, even constructive criticism too. Um, so had you thought about her as the lead person, if you could pick someone ahead of time or, um, I know that when we spoke to, I think it was Rachel Mack, uh, earlier on team Nick, she said one thing she realized this is all real. So it's not like it's so super predictable. There's, you know, having all four judges staring at you, I, I would guess would give you at least pause to think about what am I going to do? Oh yeah. So I definitely went into it wanting Kelly. Um, but obviously I also was like any of them would be amazing to work with. Um, but, you know, I always told myself, like, okay, if I ever get on the show and Kelly turns around, I'm going to pick her. And um, I've just seen what she can do with her artists on the show, and I've watched the show for many years. So, you know, I always was like, she seems like such a great coach to work with. And um, when all four of them turned around, you know, I, I did. I genuinely thought about all of them when they each of them were talking to me and I was standing on the stage, just listening to what they had to say. Um, I thought about John. I thought about Nick. I even thought about Blake. Um, but ultimately, I chose Kelly just because she did start coaching me right away. And, you know, the point of being on the show is to get better and to improve yourself and to really learn from these people. So um, I loved what she said, and I just knew that I should go with her. So I picked her, and I'm so glad that I did. She's amazing. Folks, just tuning in and chat with Anna Grace, uh, the 10th anniversary of The Voice in season 20. And then then, then from there, you go to the battle round with Ina and um, do the Amy Winehouse song and come out victorious there. And uh, I'm thinking, uh, just you mentioned Kelly there. Was there anything in particular or one just one thing uh, Kelly has helped you grow in from when you started to the battle round or and, and since? Yeah, it's crazy the amount... Um, you know, I've seen myself grow just from working with Kelly. Um, she really is super genuine and really cares and wants you to improve. So she's very honest, and I appreciate that. And so we, me and Ina went into the rehearsal, and um, Kelly was kind of like, you guys sound amazing, but you're doing too much. And I think that happens a lot, um, especially in the battles, just because you think you have to compete with each other and... Um, it's a really, like, fine line. And so um, I took that and kind of just, you know, ran with it and took a bunch of my stuff out that I was doing and stuck the melody and then had my parts where I could show other sides of my voice. And I think the biggest thing that Kelly's taught me is just, like, the biggest, most important thing is connecting with the audience. And if you're doing too many tricks, you know, that can get lost. And so um, just having the emotional connection with whatever song you're singing is really important. And um, that's really helped me grow as an artist. So, yes. Anna Grace, you mentioned leading worship in church, and I know you also had a blood infection. I understand a few years ago, very serious and all of that. Just uh, maybe we could wrap up sharing a little bit about that, about your your faith and how that's played through all the the struggles you went through, too. Because that's, uh, in fact, I think one of your social platforms has Psalm 23 on it. Yeah, so um, I grew up in church, um, but it was never, like, a huge part of my life. And um, 
kind of straight away during high school, as a lot of people do. Um, and so when I was 17, I um, got really, really sick. I got a blood infection, um, went into septic shock. I was in the hospital for like two months, and um, I just remember sitting in the hospital being like, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, the doctors can't figure this out, and um, I'm not getting better. And really the only thing I had to turn to was my faith. And so, um, you know, after that was over, I kind of was like, I, I want to go back to church. I um, think that would be, like, really good for me. And so I ended up going back and um, singing on Christmas Eve and kind of sharing a little bit of my story. And um, immediately the worship leader um, at my church was like, oh, I want you on the worship team. And at first I was like, oh, my gosh, no, I can't do that. Um, and I ended up doing it, and just that completely changed my life. Um, you know, having my faith throughout that process and throughout this process is extremely important for me. And um, just I wouldn't even be here without, um, you know, without my church and without my faith. It just wouldn't be possible. And um, so I'm really, really grateful for for that and for the support that I have um, with my church. And um, it's been a crazy ride, just, you know, the journey to, I had sepsis six times in total, which was um, just really hard <laughs> um, and a very scary thing to go through. But, you know, it brought me to where I am today. So yeah. um, I'm grateful for it. And Grace, great to make your acquaintance. God bless you. And may your uh, the healing continue there and also in your ride with, the, you. with the voice. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you so much. Sure. Bye-bye. Bye. Anna Grace, just 20 years old, current contestant on season 20 of The Voice. Wrap up our little special today. And really neat to hear these singers' perspectives and stories. And also neat, a number of them have a church background and help lead worship. I like what Anna Grace said about not trying to do too much. A lot of wisdom there. We get the podcast up as soon as we can on our homepage. Feel free to subscribe to that podcast. Just type in Tim DeMoss Show wherever you get your podcasts. And we do appreciate your prayers for the program. Feel free to tell a friend about it as well. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.